Hello, and welcome to the Curious Clubhouse podcast. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everyone had a great Christmas, really great holidays. Um, This week on the Curious Clubhouse podcast, we are talking about our next TV series, uh, arguably one of my favorite television series, if not my all-time favorite television series. Uh, It is an animated TV series called Rick and Morty. So super excited about this week's episode. If you're new to this podcast, this is a weekly podcast where I, your host, Jason, take you on a brief, informative journey into a specific subject or topic that has helped shape and influence today's pop culture. And boy, has Rick and Morty done that. As always, I'll tell you a bit about what slash who Rick and Morty is. This week, I have a couple new segments for you. The first is called Curious Plot, where I'll tell you a bit about the plot of Rick and Morty and what it entails. As always, we'll discuss the origins and inspirations behind this incredible franchise. And our other segment is Curious Cameos, uh, where we'll break down a couple of different other places that Rick and Morty show up in outside of the television show. And of course, as always, we have our Curious Properties section. And to end things out, we'll talk about some curious and unusual facts surrounding Rick and Morty. So without further ado here, let's dive in and let's get curious. So what is Rick and Morty? Well, Rick and Morty is an American adult animated science fiction sitcom created by Justin Rowland and Dan Harmon for Cartoon Network's nighttime programming block Adult Swim. It is distributed internationally by Warner Brothers Domestic Television. The series follows the misadventures of cynical mad scientist Rick Sanchez and his good-hearted but fearful grandson Morty Smith who split their time between domestic life and interdimensional adventures that take place across an infinite number of realities, often traveling to other planets and dimensions through portals and on Rick's flying saucer. The general concept of Rick and Morty relies on two conflicting scenarios, domestic family drama and an alcoholic grandfather dragging his grandson into hijinks. Uh, So that is just a bit about what Rick and Morty is. Uh, This show as a whole is absolutely hilarious. Um, It is one of the funniest shows I think I've ever seen. Um, It is absolutely phenomenal. It is geared a bit more towards adults, though, rather than children. Um, So if you are going to allow your kids to watch this show, I'll tell you up front here, you know, just look into it. Be a bit cautious, uh, you know, because it can be a little bit vulgar at times. Uh, So pushing on through here, now that we know a bit about what it is, let's touch up on one of our new segments this week, The Curious Plot. Let's tell you a bit about what the plot of this show revolves around. The show revolves around the adventures of the members of the Smith household, which consists of parents Jerry and Beth, their children Summer and Morty, and Beth's father, Rick Sanchez, who lives with them as a guest. According to Justin Rowland, the family lives outside of Seattle, Washington. The adventures of Rick and Morty, however, take place across an infinite number of realities, as we touched on a minute ago, with the characters traveling to other planets and dimensions through portals in Rick's flying saucer. Rick is an eccentric and alcoholic mad scientist who eschews many ordinary conventions, such as school, marriage, love, and family. He frequently goes on adventures with his 14-year-old grandson, Morty, a kind-hearted but easily distressed boy whose naive but grounded morale compass plays counterpoint to Rick's 
mischievalian ego. Morty's 17-year-old sister, Summer, is a more conventional teenager who worries about improving her status among her peers and sometimes follows Rick and Morty on their adventures. The kid's mother, Beth, is a generally level-headed person, an assertive force in the household, though self-conscious about her professional role as a horse surgeon. She is dissatisfied with her marriage to Jerry, a simple-minded and insecure person who disapproves of Rick's influence over his family. Different versions of the characters inhabit other dimensions. Throughout the show's multiverse and their personal characteristics can vary from the one reality to another. The show's original Rick identifies himself as Rick Sanchez of Earth Dimension C-137 in reference to his original universe. But this does not apply to any other member of the Smith household. For instance, in the first season episode Rick Potion number 9, after turning the entire world's population into monsters, Rick and Morty move to a different dimension, leaving the original, Summer, Beth, and Jerry behind. So yeah, there's a there's a lot to this show. It, it can be a very complex show. Um, so let's break this down a little bit. The show, at its core, uh, it is you know it is built somewhat on family. You know, however skewed, as we mentioned here previously. But it's definitely a multiverse show. You know, if you if you ever watch any of the Marvel movies, anything in the MCU, especially nowadays since we're on the multiverse saga, this show is kind of like that in the sense that they're traveling to many different dimensions, many different planets, many different points in times, traveling the multiverse, if you will. Um, and the writers of this show do a fantastic job of explaining time travel, incorporating it into the overall arch of things, and really m- making multiversal travel makes sense which is just fantastic because multiversal time travel can get can get and is a very complex topic a lot of threads and it can get tangled very very quickly in fact if you are familiar with the mcu and you're familiar with where they're going with the multiverse and the multiverse saga as of now they've actually taken some of the writers from rick and morty and hired them to use them in the MCU because they are that good at helping explain and make sense of the multiverse. So yeah, a lot of multiversal portal travel and hijinks in this show, but it's, it's incredibly funny. It's grounded. It's super hilarious. Um, so yeah, if you love shows, you know, if you, if you love that adult, vulgar, comedic style that shows bring like The Simpsons or Family Guy or South Park, King of the Hill, you know, shows like that, then I highly recommend Rick and Morty to you. You know, Rick and Morty is going to be right up your alley. Um, You know, it's going to be something that you're going to love. So yeah, that is just a bit about what Rick and Morty is and who they are overall. It's a bit about the plot. Now, don't be discouraged by the plot. I I didn't spoil anything because this show has an entire comic book series wrapped around it. Uh, They just wrapped up, I believe it was their seventh season. Um, So there's a lot to this show. And like I said, it it deals with the multiverse, so the stories are all different. Um, There's not one central story throughout the whole show other than how it pertains to the Smith family overall. Uh, So definitely no spoilers really here. Um, So definitely check it out if you get the chance. So now that we know a bit about who and what Rick and Morty are, let's dive into the origins and inspirations behind this incredible animated series. Uh, So getting into this here, the origins of this of Rick and Morty, the answer lies in Channel 101, a short film festival which was the brainchild of Harmon. Speaking with the Los Angeles Times in 2014, Royland recalled how he used to submit his own 
his own animated shorts to the festival. Horrifyingly vulgar shorts, which he crafted essentially for the purposes of screwing with the festival's audience, which I find incredibly hilarious. The original concept was just me screwing around, Roland said. I would go through phases in my involvement with Channel 101 where I would make stuff that was kind of intended to just shock people. A lot of screaming and people covering their eyes, groaning. This was one of these things. It started just for me doing these two voices, really bad impressions of Doc and Marty from Back to the Future. Uh, so really, really cool, I thought here, uh, before we go on, that that Rick and Morty was inspired by Doc and Marty from Back to the Future, which makes perfect sense if you think about it, because Back to the Future incorporates time travel, you know, Rick and Morty incorporates time travel. So I just thought it was really cool because I'm a huge Back to the Future fan, you know, definitely going to have to do an episode on Back to the Future uh, sometime down the line, because uh, as we know, you know, that's had a huge impact on pop culture as well. Uh, but pushing on here, the extremely not safe for work short that Royland submitted in 2006, The Real Animated Adventures of Doc and Marty, which features crudely drawn renditions of the two iconic characters as they use Doc's time-traveling DeLorean to attempt to keep Marty's kite from getting stuck in a tree. Unfortunately, the pair keep running into problems, and each problem requires the same ridiculous solution. Now, doing my research, I tried to figure out what that solution was um but they i couldn't find it i you know i was just curious to see what that solution was but i was unable to find that solution as a whole um so continuing on here royland went on to explain to the times that while he was ostentatious Ugh, I can't can't talk today. Ostentatiously just messing around for the two weeks it took him to create the short that would become the basis for Rick and Morty. He ended up developing an unreasonable level of attachment to it and hoped against hope that Channel 101's festival goers would take to it. Some of the raw energy behind the voices performances is sort of still intact, especially for Rick, he said. That's the beginning of it, and me sort of falling in love with it over the short period of time. I hoped the audience would as well. I had very little hope that they would because of the content, but I really did have this energy to continue telling stories with these two guys. So, and that, I am so glad he did, you know, looking into this, you know, and just, and just the whole thought process behind it, you know, knowing the passion that he had for this, these short stories, this project is just mind blowing to me, you know, and I think having that sort of drive and having that sort of passion for the things that you love, you know, regardless of what they may be, how vulgar they may be, you know, goes a long way and helping make that a reality. So really, really cool there. So that much is now clear, but Royland's idea had to sit on the back burner until his friend Harmon, who of course had been a big fan of the short, entered into talks with Adult Swim to produce a half-hour animated series, but found himself bereft of ideas. I knew I wanted to work with Justin if I was going to work on Adult Swim because the truth is, my sensibilities left to their own devices are pretty bad, Harmon told the Times. I'm not a huge animation guy by nature, and so I thought about Justin because he is the Adult Swim brand. He is the target for a lot of their stuff, and he's alive, like me, really passionate about story and franchise. Harmon continued to explain that when he came to Royland for help, his buddy immediately remembered the Doc and Marty short suggesting it as a jumping off point for what would essentially become Rick and Morty. 
Royland mentioned these vandalizations of Doc Jones and Marty McFly that we had done to get the steam off of his own chest, off of his chest from a long time ago. Every time I watched them, I always found myself laughing hard. It was because the person behind them was doing something important to themselves. It was punk rock, he said. It didn't matter if it sounded enough like Mozart to register as a proper music. What mattered is the humanity behind it. What excited me about it was Justin was always laughing and having a great time with these characters. I think we wrote the pilot script in six or eight hours. So that is absolutely mind-boggling to me to think about. The fact that they were able to write these scripts in just six to eight hours. And I think that's exactly when the first episode was written. Like they had the pilot episode written in six to eight hours. Uh, we'll touch on the on the, the shortness of how long it took them to get the pilot um, a little later on in the episode. I just I know it, it didn't take them very long at all uh, to get the pilot written. I was quite um, spellbound by the, the time frame in which they were able to crank that pilot out. Um, so yeah, that's just a bit about the inspiration behind this iconic franchise and the show. I just thought it was very interesting, you know, the passion that that Justin and Harmon have for their craft and for this project overall, you know. And I'm so, so glad they did because it's such a fantastic show. You know, Rick and Morty is one of those shows, you know, that I'm going to hype. I'm going to hype it up a lot because I really, really love it. Um, and the crazy thing is, is that there's a ton of comic books uh, to go along with the TV show that we'll touch on a bit later, of course. And the interesting thing, I bring that up because I initially thought the comics were written prior to the show. I thought the show was based off the comics. Well, that's not the case. Actually, the show came about before the comics and the comics were written because of the show, uh, which I thought was really, really interesting. So that that was a pleasant surprise for me upon doing my research. Um, so yeah, that's just a bit about the origins and inspirations behind this iconic franchise. So now that we know a bit about that, let's touch on our first section of this episode, our first new section of the episode for this week that I am calling Curious Cameos, uh, where we'll break down where Rick and Morty shows up and some other things outside of their television show. Uh, so getting into this here, first up is film. Rick and Morty, both voiced by Royland, had a cameo in 2021's Space Jam A New Legacy, as they claim to have experimented on the Tasmanian Devil, but say they were disgusted by the results. Thus, they voluntarily give him back to LeBron and the Looney Tunes by dropping him on their rocket's windshield. Notably, they are the only characters featured from any property held by producer Warner Brothers under its global kids, young adults, and classics division since 2019. Through subsidiary Turner Broadcasting, one that would hold a variety of animated characters through Adult Swim, Cartoon Network, or any affiliation or collaboration with them. So, really, really cool. I, I saw Space Jam A New Legacy. I love the original. The amount of cameos in that movie is super insane. Like, over-the-top insane. Like, they put way too many cameos in that movie. Uh, they definitely overdid it with the cameos. Um, you know, so you, if you love a good multiversal thread, you know, along with Rick and Morty, and you want to see a little bit more of that, definitely watch Space Jam A New Legacy. You know, good movie. I enjoyed it. Obviously, it has nothing on the original with Michael Jordan. I mean, you, that's that movie's impossible to top. It's, a, it's an absolute classic, in my opinion. You know, I think a lot of people would agree. 
but I digress. You know, the movie itself, overall, it's not terrible. It's pretty good. And Rick and Morty does show up in the movie, which was a pleasant surprise for me, and as it was for all Rick and Morty fans. Uh, so moving on here, the next cameo we have is TV. Now, TV, of course, this is outside of the television show. Uh, Rick and Morty were featured in the couch gag at the beginning of Mathlete's Feet, the final episode of the 26th season of The Simpsons. Said opening involved Rick accidentally killing the family when he crash lands into their living room. Because why wouldn't he, right? That's so awesome. He then requested that Morty take care of the cloning process while he fools around at the Simpsons household poorly playing Lisa's saxophone, taking at least one of Homer's duff beers from their fridge, and freezing Ned Flanders when he comes by to check on them. The clones end up as half-Rick monstrosities, since Rick had previously cleaned the DNA vials with his own saliva, a decision he realized would occur and regretted anyway. As he and Morty fly away, the clones of Bart exclaim, no more guests, animators, man, ending the opening. Uh, super, super cool here. Um, the Simpsons have been on for many, many years, as I'm sure that most of my listeners know. And I am I have nowhere close to being caught up on the Simpsons episode. In fact, I just started watching it on a regular basis. Uh, so I have yet to actually see this cameo. Um, so really, really awesome that they did a cameo for the Simpsons. And again, like, why wouldn't you? It's a perfect place to do a cameo. I mean, they crossed it with Family Guy. Uh, for God's sake, why wouldn't you cross it? <laughs> with Rick and Morty. Uh, so that's just a couple of cameos, other places that they show up in. Obviously, you know, they show up in, they're in other things as well, as we'll touch on a bit later here in this next section, our property section. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to illustrate those two cameos uh, because they do, you know, then incorporates that multiversal travel, you know, like we've been talking about the whole, um, plot outline for this entire show you know the whole point of this show is portals and multiversal travel so i just wanted to touch on those cameos i thought they were pretty cool uh so let's now turn our attention to other properties some other things that exist within the rick and morty universe and other places that they show up and first up of course you guessed it comics you know as i mentioned there's a massive comic book franchise surrounding rick and morty and of course there is you know you have to have a comic franchise with rick and morty and again you know as i have previously mentioned i originally thought that the comics came before the show and upon doing my research discovered that that's not the case uh the show actually came before the comics so really really interesting uh, so getting into this here, on April 1st, 2015, a Rick and Morty comic book adaptation debuted with its first monthly issue entitled BAM. The series was initially written by Zach Gorman and illustrated by C.J. Kanan. Artist Tom Fowler wrote a multi-issue story arc that began in March 2016 using the television series established premise of alternate timelines. The first two volumes of the comic book expressly features the Rick and Morty and supporting cast of a different timeline, allowing the comics to tell stories without conflicting with the canon of the show. From the third volume onwards, with the departure of Gorman as writer and his replacement with Kyle Starks, the series switched focus to display the off-screen adventures of the specific Rick and Morty of the television series keeping in the canon of the show with the Ricks and Mortys of different timelines, forming the basis for backup stories. 
on August 29th, 2018, a four-issue crossover comic with the fantasy tabletop role-playing game Dungeons & Dragons was released. The series, titled Rick and Morty vs. Dungeons & Dragons, is co-written by Jim Zub and Patrick Rothfuss and art by Troy Little. A sequel mini-series titled Rick and Morty vs. Dungeons & Dragons Chapter 2, Painscape, was published in September 2018. It was written by Jim Zub and Sarah Stern, with art by Troy Little. The Rick and Morty vs. Dungeons & Dragons Deluxe Edition by Rothfuss, Zub, and Little was nominated for the 2022 Best Graphic Album Reprint Eisner Award. Uh, so, super, super awesome here. You know, I've read a few of the Rick and Morty comics. I have a few of the Rick and Morty comics. Uh, there's over 50 issues, I think, in the main uh, run of the comic books, you know, and they have written some offshoot comic book stories, you know, other than the Dungeons and Dragons issues. You know, I have a couple of them myself. They're really good. And the interesting thing is when I had seen the Rick and Morty comics, because after I'd started watching the show, I researched it and I thought, oh, sweet, there's comic books. You know, I collect comics, as you all know. Um, so I got into reading some of these. And initially, you know, starting from the beginning, I thought that the comic books were going to follow the show. And I was pleasantly surprised to find out that all the stories in the comics actually differ from the show. So, you know, if you love the show, get into the comic books because you just get more stories, you know, different adventures, different hijinks, really, really cool, interesting stuff here. Um, so, yeah, it was really interesting doing my research to find out why the why the stories are different from the comics. You know, they kind of exist within their own separate universe while at the same time still existing in the same universe and establishing the canon, um, if that makes sense. Uh, so really, really interesting there. Uh, so continuing on video games of course why wouldn't there be video game uh, parts for rick and morty you know it's perfect they belong in video games uh, so getting in in 2014 rick and morty's rushed licensed adventure a flashpoint and click adventure game was released on the adult swim website in december 2014 rick and morty jerry's game was released for ios and android the game consists of the player endlessly popping balloons with characters showing up from time to time. The number of balloons popped, it counted and used as current is counted and used as currency for unlocking special balloons, backdrops and features. The game is based on a game Jerry was seen playing in an episode. The game includes microtransactions. On August 10, 2015, a Rick and Morty themed announcer pack was released for the competitive multiplayer video game Dota 2. The announcer pack can be purchased by players and replaces the default announcer and Mega Kills announcer with characters from Rick and Morty, voiced by Justin Roiland. Both Rick and Morty appear as playable characters in multiverses, along with a stage based on the episode Get Swifty. Super, super interesting. Pocket Mortys. Pocket Mortys is a Pokemon parody game released on iOS and Android as a free-to-play game from Adult Swim Games, released early on January 13, 2016. Coinciding with the Many Worlds interpretation, the game follows versions of Rick and Morty that belong to an alternate timeline, rather than the duo... Followed in the show, the game uses a style and concept similar to the Pokemon games, with catching various wild Mortys, battling them with a variety of aliens, Ricks, and Jerrys. The game features voice acting from Roiland and Harmond, and of course it does. Why wouldn't it? Rick and Morty Virtual Rick Ality. Main article, Rick and Morty Virtual Rick Ality. 
Rick and Morty Virtual Reality announced on July 15, 2016 and released on April 20, 2017 for Microsoft Windows and on April 10, 2018 for PlayStation 4 is a VR game for HTC Vive, VR, and Oculus Rift developed by Alchemy Labs, the developers of Job Simulator. Um, and I have seen the Virtual Reality game. I've always wanted to play it. haven't had the chance to play it yet. Um, but it does look really, really interesting. Uh, it's really cool that they have a VR version of Rick and Morty. Uh, board and Card Games. On June 22nd, 2016, uh, Cryptozoic Entertainment released Total Rickall, a cooperative strategy card game based on the plot of the second season episode of the same name, where players must determine which characters are real and which ones are parasites. On August 3rd, 2016, Cryptozoic Entertainment released Mr. Meeseek's Box Zero, Fun, a game combining elements of dice games and truth of dare, truth or dare, featuring the popular Mr. Meeseeks character from the first season episode Meeseeks and Destroy. On July 12, 2017, Cryptozoic Entertainment released Anatomy Park: The Game, a cooperative title placing strategy game based on the plot of the first season episode of the same name, where players score points by placing park tiles into the best spots within the body. On November 19, 2019, Wizards of the Coast released Dungeons & Dragons vs. Rick & Morty, a starter box set for the 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. It includes a Rick & Morty-themed adventure generated our adventure, The Lost Dungeon of Rickedness, Big Rick Energy, a rulebook, five pre-generated character sheets inspired by characters in the show, a specifically designed DM screen, and a set of dice. Uh, so really, really cool. A lot of different variations on board games, card games. Uh, they show up in various video games. The Pocket Morty games I mentioned, I did play that. You can get that on mobile. It is a lot like Pokemon, just with Rick and Morty. Uh, pretty decent little game there. Uh, another game that they show up in, I didn't mention it here, uh, but obviously Fortnite. You know, super popular battle royale shooter. Um, the characters show up in Fortnite. I have the skins in Fortnite. Um, so yeah, and we, I will do a future episode on Fortnite itself, uh, which is why I'm not going to go too deep into that here. Uh, but yeah, they do also show up in Fortnite as well. And, you know, I'm sure there are other games, other areas where they show up, uh, again, because it does deal with the multiverse. Uh, so yeah, that's just a few various properties where Rick and Morty show up. And now, as always, to close this episode out this week, let's talk about some curious and unusual facts surrounding Rick and Morty. Uh, so curious fact number one here, the show was inspired by Royland's vulgar take on Back to the Future. And we did touch on that a bit previously in the episode. But expanding on this here, the basic foundation of Rick and Morty spun out of one of Royland's earlier Channel 101 ideas called The Real Animated Adventures of Doc and Marty. The relationship between Rick and Morty has always taken cues from Doc Brown and Marty McFly from Back to the Future. But Royland's earlier stab at the idea really drove this point home with a lurid twist. At this point in his career, Royland was simply daring lawyers to come after him, and nothing exemplified his mindset more than his X-rated Doc and Marty. I actually made this as a way to poke fun at the idea of getting 
cease and desist letters. At the time, October 2006, I had nothing to lose, and my original intention was to call this Back to the Future the new official Universal Studios cartoon featuring the new Doc Brown and Marty McFly, and then I'd just sit back and wait for a letter from their lawyers to arrive. That's actually why it's so filthy. I was just looking to troll a big studio. Though Rick and Morty's final form is safely removed from the litigious and public relations nightmare that Royland's original cartoon was, he says some of the raw energy behind the voice performance is sort of still intact, especially for Rick. That's the beginning of it. Uh, so really, really interesting stuff here. You know, I love uh, Royland's fascination with Back to the Future. I love his drive and intention to incorporate aspects of that into what became Rick and Morty. So much to the point that he was willing to get cease and desist uh, letters from lawyers and in fact was just waiting on them. Uh, so really, really interesting, really awesome, really ballsy on his part and just really hilarious in my opinion. Uh, so curious fact number two here, the show's theme song owes a lot to Doctor Who and Van Farscape. Uh, did not know this, Rick and Morty's opening theme song is quintessential sci-fi, and to achieve the familiar otherworld synth vibe of the genre, the creators looked to both Doctor Who and Farscape for inspiration. When asked about the show's music in an interview with TVO Overmind, Royland said, The theme song is written by the guy who wrote the Wizards of Waverly Place theme song, who is a very good friend of mine. I told him I was a big fan of Farscape, and I wanted to combine Farscape's theme with Doctor Who's theme, and that's basically what our theme song is. It's this amazing original piece that takes the best aspects of those two themes and mashes them together super sci-fi. An earlier version of the theme can be heard in Royland's first stab at an Adult Swim cartoon called Dog World. Uh, so I was not aware of this. You know, I did not know that the show's theme took aspirations from Doctor Who and Farscape. Now, I've watched a ton of Doctor Who. I've watched all the episodes. I love Doctor Who. I think it's fantastic. Another uh, topic that we're going to have to do an episode on for sure. Uh, Farscape, I don't really know what Farscape is. Uh, I've not played it. If it's a game, if not watched it, if it's a show, uh, I'd have to look into that. I'm not sure what that is, uh, but I was really pleasantly surprised to find out that the theme song took aspects from Doctor Who. Uh, so really, really awesome stuff there. Uh, curious fact number three, Rick's burping habit has its origin in a recording room blooper. Interesting, let's expand. Burping is a big part of Rick's shtick, but Royland told Entertainment Weekly that the inspiration for it was a complete accident. And now that I'm reading this, I, I do remember reading something about that um, previous to doing this, prior to doing this episode. Uh, but continuing on, in 2006 or something, I was recording the voices for this short, The Real Animated Adventures of Doc and Marty. I was having fun doing these really crappy Doc Brown and Marty McFly impressions. During the middle of a line, a burp came out, naturally. It was just so funny and gross. I was like, well, let's see if I can do that again for a couple more lines. Then with Rick and Morty, Dan Harmon, the show's co-creator, was like, hey, Adult Swim wants to do a show you have any ideas? I said, well, what about these two voices right out of the gate? The burping was part of it. Though Rick punctuates many a conversation with a trademark burp, Royland actually has a tough time getting 
quite so gassy. He basically tells the audio engineer to keep the tapes rolling as he drinks a low-calorie beer and a bottle of water to get the effect right. And yeah, that I, I was aware of. Yeah, I do remember now that I'm uh, going over this, I remember reading that while they were doing the voice recording, he was drinking beer. Roland was drinking beer and basically getting drunk. Like, the longer the episodes went on, uh, he would basically just get hammered, essentially, while doing these recordings so he could better imitate the drunkenness uh, that is Rick Sanchez along with his trademark burping, uh, which is an, an interesting way to achieve your desired effect. I will I will uh, say that. Gotta hand it to the guy. He is unique, if nothing else. Uh, so curious fact number four, Dan Harmon has a theory on what's in Rick's flasks, but unfortunately, we'll never know why he drinks. There are plenty of fan theories regarding what Rick's drink of choice is, including some otherworldly cocktails, but Harmon has a much simpler theory. I tend to assume vodka, he said during a Reddit AMA, though he understands that Rick's intellect could lead him to have virtually any sort of intergalactic concoction in his flask. He believes Rick's old-fashioned booze of choice anchors his identity. So that's the what in Rick's alcohol, but what about the why? Well, that's something Harmon and the team are never going to dive into. In an interview with the AV Club, Harmon explained his reasoning. Justin was really smart about that, saying, no, we don't want to reveal that Rick started drinking when blah, 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 because then there's something very shark jumpy about that. Like where you learn that the Fonz didn't always wear leather jackets because people aren't like that. Uh, so yeah, I definitely understand that. You know, you want to keep an air of mystery to some things uh, when it comes to Rick Sanchez, for sure. And, you know, if you'd never watched the show, when you watch the show, you'll understand. Rick Sanchez is his own unique being in his own right. And he has to have those quirks. And some of those quirks need to be surrounded in mystery to keep his uh, overall wackiness intact in my opinion uh so curious fact number five here and our last fact of the episode and arguably one of the best facts i was able to find in my opinion buffy the vampire slayer inspired one of the series most beloved episodes really really awesome because i'm a huge buffy fan though the episode total rick all would have you believe the show was going to do an adaptation of total recall makes sense right the creators had something much different in mind in the Blu-ray commentary track for the episode, the creators reveal that the initial inspiration for the episode came from the Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show. In the show's fifth season, it suddenly revealed that Buffy had a sister named Dawn, and the show's characters blindly accept her into the fold as if she has existed the entire time. One of Rick and Morty's writers, Ryan Ridley, elaborated on this in the Y combinator podcast saying everyone's pretending i mean they're not pretending they're treating her like she's always been there but you know that as a viewer buffy hasn't had a sister for the first four seasons so you find out the supernatural explanation for what that is shades of this excuse me shades of this can be seen in the total rick all opening when viewers are introduced to uncle steve who the family believes has been living with them for years without much hesitation rick shoots uncle steve through the head revealing it to be a parasite that infected the family's mind to artificially implant memories uh, so very interesting there you know going back in my brain and and remembering that episode uh, total recall yeah it does make sense 
you know, because I've watched the entire Buffy the Vampire Slayer series uh, multiple times. I, I have the Chosen One box set, very limited edition box set that you can't get anymore. Um, and yeah, in that in in that season, uh, she does have a sister that shows up. Her sister Dawn, she just kind of shows up out of nowhere, and it's like, wow, you waited five seasons to uh, reveal to us that Buffy had a sister. <laughs> and yeah, they do just kind of uh, accept her into the fold. Uh, but in that episode of Rick and Morty, you know, total Rick all with this random uncle. Yeah, I remember that because the episode just opens up and he's just sitting at the table out of nowhere. And it's just like he's been there the whole time. And I'm like, I got super confused at first because I was like, wait, th- where has this guy been the entire time? Because they don't, they like, they throw a confusing curveball at you in the sense that they don't introduce this guy. They give this guy no background. It's just they dive into the episode and it's like he's always been there and you should all just already know who he is, but you don't. Uh, and it just lends to the comedic aspect of that episode. Uh, and it's just a huge gag overall. Uh, so yeah, I just, you know, I love that they, that they, that Buffy has some inspiration and some roots in Rick and Morty. Uh, and for good reason, because like I said, we're going to do a future episode on Buffy the Vampire Slayer as well. Uh, but that's it, guys. Uh, that is all things on Rick and Morty. Um, that is this week's episode of the Curious Clubhouse. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I absolutely loved doing this episode. I love Rick and Morty. I love putting it together. It is one of my all-time favorite animated series. And like I said, if you love shows like Family Guy, King of the Hill, South Park, vulgar shows like that, then Rick and Morty is going to be right up your alley. Um, so I hope I've piqued your interest. You know, I hope I've inspired you. I hope I have hope that I've got you a little bit curious, pun totally intended, uh, to check this show out uh, and give it a watch. Um, but that's it, guys. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you to my listeners that continue to come back. Uh, welcome to any new listeners that we have out there. I haven't checked the analytics in a while. But as always, if you love this show, if you love what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform of choice. That, as of now, is the number one way that you can help us grow. You can help keep the show going, help us find new listeners. And of course, Apple Podcasts, if you could swing on over there, leave us a quick review about the show. That always helps as well. Um, Again, I hope that you guys loved what you heard. Uh, I, I love doing these episodes. I love doing this podcast. Um, It is stuff that I'm super passionate about, you know, and I love pop culture. So as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, You know, have a good week. Stay safe out there. And as always, stay curious.